following podcast may be explicit. One Joe Young presents Adventures from the Shed, a tabletop RPG podcast. You can find us online at adventuresfromtheshed.com. You are finding us right here, right now. We are online. You probably found us in your favorite podcast app. You might also be finding us on YouTube. We are Adventures from the Shed. We're coming at you with a little side adventure in the Dungeon World setting. And we'll be getting that kicked off tonight. With me, I have three other wonderful folks. Let's uh, go around here and let's see who wants to go first. I'll let you guys pick. Maybe I'll I will. Uh, yeah, I'll go first. That's fine. <laughs> uh, I'm Zeb. I'm playing Duke, the uh, human uh, thief. The thief. That's pretty much it. Randy's still muted, so go ahead, Chris. All right, uh, this is Chris. I'm playing Manfred Blackwell, the Paladin, also human. The Paladin. Oh, good. So you didn't hear me yell uh, Zeb when uh, you were asking <laughs> who to go first. <laughs> nope. <laughs> I wasn't rude. Uh, now I am. <laughs> and I'm Dorothus Patty Becca, a wizard. And, nice and Randy. You. And Randy. Played by Randy. Nice. This guy. So we are going to play in the Dungeon World um, system, and for those who have listened to the podcast before, you've probably uh, heard us play Dungeon World previously. This is the first time with this cast of crew. Uh, Zeb is new to it, so we'll be doing some explanations as we go along. Uh, We, uh, as a system, Dungeon World is rules light, which means there's not a lot of rules to follow. You're pretty much open to adventure through the world, tell a story, and then when something meaningful is about to happen, we roll dice to determine the outcome of that meaningful thing, whether it be an attack or trying to sneak through an enemy camp or maybe even just tying the guard shoes together. If you're in some form of danger, you'll have to uh, roll to see if you can get away from that danger or out of that danger. And each of the characters in this system, the way I play it, is they are the epitome of that thing in the world. So Zeb is playing the thief. And in this world, there will only be one, the thief. There may be other people that rob from others or sneak around or play around with poisons or whatever, but there's only one, the thief, in this world. Uh, Randy is playing the wizard, same thing there. And Chris is playing the paladin. So yeah, there may be other holy warriors out in these lands, but there is only one, uh, paladin and you know there's a magician here or there maybe even a summoner but there's only one wizard and that is dorothus what was the last name uh becca dorothus patty becca patty becca patty becca so patty yes okay you can call, you can call him patty it's, it's pat <laughs> the wizard of patty becca pot nice patty becca hot I've already given our cast of characters here uh, a heads up on what I'm going, how I'm going to start this adventure. But it is new, uh, a new way that I'm, I've chosen to start an adventure. It's a really old trope and a really old joke, but it's new for me for trying to start an adventure. So the way we're going to do this is you guys will determine why you're all together, or if you already know, that's great. But the three of you, so the, the thief, the wizard, and the paladin walk into a bar. And over in the corner, there's a suspicious group of three people dressed in dark crimson robes, and one of you recognizes them. Who is it? Ah, 
great. I'm late for my reunion. I guess I'll go meet those guys at that table over there. Sorry, Is I forgot my cloak. <laughs> Is this the party back at reunion? <laughs> this is oh, I'm sorry, you went to the other wizarding college of called sorcery. Sorry there, Fred. Sorcery. It's you 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 hate sorcerers for some reason. <laughs> We're just a little different, that's all. So are you approaching talking. them that way? Yeah, he just walks up like, oh hey, Fred. Sorry. <laughs> hey buddy. So th th are you saying that when you get closer to them, you do not recognize them? He recognizes one guy from uh, okay. the group. Mm. Hello, me... it's good to see you. Sorry, I was just opening a note on my computer and the window vanished on me. Well, what's a computer? <laughs> yeah, keep talking. <laughs> <laughs> when I walked into this room, I saw three people and I knew it was you. I just <laughs> knew it was going to be you. Um, all right, so what is this guy's name that you recognize? I think I just called him Fred, but we can just call him uh, Fredrickson Von Drake. Let's go there. Yeah, that's a name. Fred. I got Fred. Um, <laughs> oh, Fred. Von Drake. Um, I just typed Vin Drake. He's Vin Diesel's <laughs> dragon brother. That's even better. <laughs> family. Um, I'm here right. with my family. <laughs> So, uh, Fred recognizes you. Do you have a nickname, or is it just what, what would people call you? Probably just Pat. Pat Doritos, <laughs> Doritos, but just Pat, just Pat. All right, so somebody you had spent any time with in the past would know you as Pat. Okay, yeah. um, so when Fred turns around, he sees <laughs> he says, Pat, uh, what are you doing in this neck of the woods? <sighs> Didn't you not summon me? I thought you told me to uh, meet you here with uh, this group here. Did you not? Um, and you can see he's clearly confused. He's got that, you know, the wrinkled brow look of. And then he looks over at, at one of the other two he's sitting with. Um, and they're also looking confused. Then he looks at the other one and their eyes go wide and they put their head down and pretend they're not listening. I got this letter here. Um, it said to meet me here at... Oh, I'm on the wrong night. Maybe it wasn't from you. Open mic nights tomorrow, man. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I'm supposed to meet someone here about uh, an, an adventure of some sort. Um, do you know anything about that? I hope the letter was more specific than an adventure of some sort. <laughs> I was. It says find out more later. Comma, comma. <laughs> oh, hashtag keep them guessing. Yeah. Um, all right. Let me. I, I, I'm trying to take a couple notes here so I can refer back to it as we go. My character um, yawns. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the. Let's see. One of the either paladin or the thief does know who the uh, the barkeep is, and they they wave over at your group. the The barkeep waves over at your group. Yo, it's me. I'm the guy Yo. who recognizes him. Duke. I know. Hey, hey how's it going, barkeep going man? Great. <laughs> um, uh, we'll we'll just call him Phil. Phil. Just Wait, because, hey, uh, that's were you the first to, names uh, I use all the time? He fills the drinks. Philly, Philly, yep. Phil, 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 uh, Phil, 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 Phil,
were you able to were you able to fence off those items I I uh, I got for you the other you know a couple weeks ago? Oh, that that fell. <laughs> yeah, um, the that table over there that your friends talking to, one of them bought two of them. Really? Yeah. Wait. I hope they keep them separate because we don't want that explosion again. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I mean, after uh, you know putting them all in one bag, I kind of learned my lesson the hard way. Ouch! Yeah, and I show my my hand, and like it's all <laughs> bandaged up and stuff. <laughs> a firecracker injury of uh, yeah, not four. Yeah, the um, so he he pours you a drink, and uh, back at the table with Pat, um, Fred <clears throat> is starting to to poke at uh the other person, the one that's sitting on at his left, and he's like, "Oh, all right, what did you do? Why did you send a letter?" And the other person just starts speaking in a language that you don't understand. <laughs> what's he? What he? What's he saying to you? I'm afraid I can't tell you. You're not part of the order. How do Remember I join your server? Suck bot. I know. <laughs> the count over here. You know what? Fine. Keep your secrets. <laughs> There are three sorcerers at the table. Uh. <laughs> Didn't have all the emphasis. I'm trying to keep it lower <clears throat> key. Well, well you've got maybe... the letter now. What did he do? Are you going to tell me, or do I have to pay you some gold? You know, we always like to have the gold. And then I slide a coin and have him, like, you know, reach for it under my hand, and then uh, he gets one silver piece instead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, real dick move there, man. Sure. <laughs> so, uh, Chris, as far as Manfred goes, how does he feel about what seems to be underhanded stuff going on? I don't know what kind of power. Yeah, he's he is. Uh, oh, he yeah, he definitely is. I did a lawful, so there's no mercy to criminals. Like that's just kind of the okay. thing. Or what is, I don't know if it's criminals or. Yeah, no mercy. Yeah, deny mercy to a criminal or unbeliever. Yeah, he's not down with this group. He's uh, I, I, he kind of puts his hands on the table and leans into the guy that's kind of getting nervous. Do, uh, we, make you, do we make you nervous? I'm purchasing information, just so you know. Tell he, me what he, you know. I'll use my I am the law power. So he kind of he keeps um. Yeah, well, let's let's go with that. Go ahead and read it, and let's see um how it applies here. All right, so I am the law. When you give an NPC an order based on uh, your divine authority, the charisma, and you get to choose uh, one of these items. Do what you say, back away cautiously, then flee or attack you. And then if I get a 10 plus, I take one forward. What, um, because we're learning who the paladin is at this point, what is Manfred's divine authority or what is his authority? And when we say, you know, we've played this before, it doesn't have to be divine in the sense of godly. It can be, I think one of our paladins was all about the power of money. You know, money is God. And it was uh, that kind of thing. For him, it's going to be the truth. Okay. <laughs> so when you, when you do, uh, I am the law. Do you have like a little catch piece that goes in there? Like in the name of the truth or, you know, Truth oh, not man. be damned or something. Uh, like uh, yeah, yeah, it's on the tip of my tongue now. I can't. Judge, uh, you can't handle the truth, but I can. Tell me. 
No. <laughs> I, uh, maybe like Truth Conquers All. You will there never you lie in front of you. Something like that. Um, all right. Yeah. So I just want to tell me what you know. Okay. Go for it. Let's make the uh, let's make that roll right. for your starting move of oh, uh, I am the law. And here we go. Oof. I got a plus. Two. I should have added plus two in for the charisma. So it's still. Cool. So you got the seven to nine. And what is the on the seven to nine result? What is the thing that you have to, uh, or what are you choosing? I should say. I'm choosing. Uh, I gotta do what you say. Tell me what you know, you know, because I feel like he's hiding, <clears throat> hiding mm -hmm. stuff from us. I'd listen and, to him. He's not one to mess with. <laughs> no, not really. Uh, and then on the seven to nine result, what is the? the there's a thing you have to. Don't you have to pick something about? Yeah, it's just I do what you say, back away cautiously, then flee or attack you. Um, on a seven to nine, they, they, you they choose do. one. Sorry, okay, they yeah, choose yeah. one. Yeah, they choose one. Understood. Sorry. Yeah. Um, okay. So here's where it's going to get a little tricky. He tells you, but you don't understand it. It is. It sounds. If you had to guess, it as long sounds as, like as he's long as a code, a not a language. Well, does, as long as Pat hears the words, that's what I'm kind of, you know, maybe. And that's what, that's where I was going to go next. So I want to make sure that you say, so you, you hear, he says, and he looks earnestly at you. He's like, blah, 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 blah. Right. And the, um, Fred, the other guy, the one that Pat recognized, um, says he does not speak a language you would understand. Hmm. Is there like a comprehend languages kind of spell that I don't have yet? I, I don't know. <laughs> well, no. technically, if I have a quest or something that I have to do, I could technically get. Well, no, never mind. It's a voice that transcends language. That means people understand me. I forget it. I the other thing that. about that, too, Chris, the reason I wanted to set it up that way is because the guy that you did demand did tell you the truth. Right. The thing is. You just didn't ask. Understand. Let's say you didn't ask the translator. Yeah, right. right? Totally. And right now he has an he's in no obligation because he just got past. I, another, I guess we could make another role for him, right? So you like, can definitely. You, you definitely could turn to him and say, you know, translate what he said. Look, Vendrake, you want to tell him? You're not gonna right. like what's gonna happen next. Can I add? Oh, I can add a plus. Cool. On what? It's a niner. Can I do some sort of help action with that? Since I was kind of backed up a little bit. Translate what he said. Here, here's here's the the short answer is yes, of course. Um, and the move is the basic move aid or interfere. And in that case, what uh, aid or interfere does is if you want to help or hinder someone that you have a bond with, and we're treating all three characters as having at least one bond right now because we didn't really explore any backstory. So I just want to at least give that. So anything that says bond. You, you each have one with each other. Uh, but anyway, uh, you roll plus bond with them. So in this case, Randy, you would tell me what it is you're going to do to try and help. And then you will roll plus one because we're going to say you have one bond. Um, and then I, um, we would do it on a 10 plus uh, that um, Manfred, I didn't want to say Chris, Manfred gets another one to the roll, which would turn it into a 10. So if you can do a 10 plus... And if I do, uh, do it up it, five or six and under, or whatever it is, I do I affect his outcome or six minus is an outright fail. Seven okay. to nine, you will help. You he'll still get the plus one, but there's something else that's going to happen. 
there will be a cost associated with that. <laughs> okay, so um, I want to yell along with him. Just the whole, you know, just listen to what he has to. You need to tell him what what he your friend told you. I uh, told him <laughs> just just tell him, and just I want to use that as the uh, help. Uh, okay. With the He's plus, gonna, you're just gonna prod him along. So you're gonna two d six plus one roll plus one, and that is for the bond. Okay, so ten. Mm. Oh, Randy changed the dice. Cool. I hadn't even tried that yet. Yeah, you have yeah, to like I'm... attach it to something else, and then you can only use yeah. the featured ones. Yeah. Neat. Cool. Okay. All right. Um. Anyway, <laughs> the so that ten gives the plus one to Chris's roll, which turns it into a ten. So now, Chris, your roll is you still get to pick something, but then you also get what a plus one forward when acting on the information. Forward, right? yep. Yep. Okay. So, in That's a nutshell. <laughs> because I, it, it would take a lot longer mm. to make it up. In a nutshell, what he tells you is uh, the letter was not supposed to be sent because they did not want to get the wizard involved in private business. However, this person who doesn't speak uh, common, um, only speaks in code, uh, this person felt that the wizard was needed to help with this problem. And the problem involves um, a a dark uh, necromancer trying to summon power to awaken a volcano in the area. So the, what are they red cloak guys that you said? They, yeah. they hadn't, they hadn't said yet, but let's give them a name. Now they are the, the crimson order because right. they're crimson cloaks. Yeah, totally. So they're the crimson order. We could, I, I get, they're all wearing the same clothes. Yeah. All three wear the same thing. Um, okay. The one that's speaking in code uh, on his crimson cloak, there is some gold uh, gilded edges where the others don't. So he he has the appearance of being slightly higher in station within a cult or order. Okay. Hmm. So he's possibly the leader. Hey, we should go get the wizard up. He's like, we could take care of this ourselves. We're the crimson order. Is that the kind much, of vibe yeah. I'm getting there? Yeah. Okay. Yep. And he's like the local leader. He's like these guys as sergeant, but he's like not chapter. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's not the boss of the order or anything, but he yeah. is um he felt like he could get away with sending the letter. And you're getting all this as like they're just spilling their guts like your shirt says. Um yeah. It's just like spilling his guts because the the power of the that you are compelling him with as well as the aid that uh Pat threw in there is like all right so fred's kind of telling him blah 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 you got to tell me everything and so anyway the the whole the whole of it is the request is to the wizard and randy this is the note that pat would have gotten uh we need your assistance uh stopping a dark necromancer from awakening the beast in the volcano and that wasn't supposed to be sent to you because they felt like they could handle it without getting you involved. Oh, it does say it. I just had to pull it out of its envelope more. Help with. <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, it was, it was there the pretty, whole time. It was written pretty cryptic, and it was only mm. this little bit that actually put the pieces together. Just shows a uh, a bone, a skeleton, a little mountain, and a fireball. <laughs> yeah, it was this, all stick figures. You had to interpret yeah. wingdings or something. Um, <laughs> yes. So, so in the middle of this this long explanation, I yeah. uh, I show up and I have a round of drinks on the house for everybody, yes. including the three cloaked members. All right. So I said so that's how I, you know, I join join in the conversation. Why did you not want my help? Because of our rivalry from the past. I mean, 
I'm sorry that we beat you in Squidditch. Squidditch. <laughs> where we <laughs> sail around on squids and throw balls through hoops. <laughs> Instead of a flying little insect thing, it's it's squids. Yay. That's a wild uh, ride, man. <laughs> oh, it, it is. <laughs> and it really is that. It's the matter of pride. Um, they're sure that they can handle it and they don't need you. And and he, he says so much. Uh, your your help is not needed, but you know. Now so that I, you know, I, I, I nudge Pot. Pot, what do you think, guys? We think we give these uh, JV team a chance here. I got a few more questions for them, but I don't think they'll stand a chance. You won't meet like this unless there's already been issues going on. How many of your number have already fallen to the necromancer and increased his army? Uh, none so far. We have not gone there yet. Spill your guts. Say the truth. <laughs> you need me to roll again? I get plus one. This no, guy. he's he's still on board with it, okay. and he has not yet. Your it, friend would not have sent the letter to me if you guys haven't tried before and realized maybe the wizard would be helpful. No, no, don't. Yeah, you. The the it turns out, and and this goes through the whole blah 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 blah. Then translated to. Um, the, it, it appears that the necromancer now has a, a pretty much an army of, of uh, undead goblins because he took out an entire goblin village as part oh. of getting his force ready to get under the volcano. The goblins were the tribal ones that lived at the base of the volcano and kind of worshipped it uh, for the for millennia practically. And when the necromancer came in, he just kind of like wiped them out, raised them back up, and has his army. Okay, but if I find one in a crimson cloak, I'm smacking you in the face with my staff. <laughs> well, you know, they know how to make red dye, the goblins do. I don't kill me because they can make a red cloak. You think my measly eight with a negative one strength is going to kill you? <laughs> <laughs> no, but those crazy damn rituals will. <laughs> <laughs> and um, for Duke, when you get back to the table with the drinks, um, Phil had indicated one of the guys had bought two of those items, and when he sees you coming over, uh, he kind of closes his robe more tightly, and you see the, a big lump on one side of it. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah, I've got an idea. So, it, I so we're, we're taking this quest whether they like it or not, right? Yes, <laughs> all right. I think, I think Randy's got a little ego to stroke here for <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, Pat. <laughs> And I'm going to I'm going to look at the leader guy and I'm going to tell him, you know, hey, look, if uh, if we're going to do this dangerous thing and this fight, this big army uh, of goblin dead, undead goblins, then I'm going to need those two things that you bought off my buddy at the bar over there. I need the uh, I need the the, <laughs> the staff of light and the stick of explosion. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure you write that down. Um, you had a bag of sticks. This is the blah, blah, blah guy. He only talks in code. He, he talks in a language you guys don't understand. Um, Randy, uh, for Pat's purposes, this is probably something he would have encountered in the past with the Crimson Order. It is their secret code that they talk in. However, this guy, in a bad experiment, um, got stuck speaking only that. He cannot speak any other language Ooh. now. So, now so it's the like, upside to that experiment is he does understand every other language, but he can only communicate in the Crimson Order code. So it's like thieves can't in a way. Yeah, in a would, way. Uh, would Zeb's character be able to like sort of decipher it after a little bit? 
anybody taking enough time would be able to because they have to learn that to become part of the crimson order you have to learn it so it is a learned language uh just like any other it's not like a magical language or anything but in a really bad experiment where he where he was trying to become you know essentially a universal translator uh, he broke himself and he can now can only speak in the code although he can't understand everything else so when when you ask him for those things um from duke he does his blah, 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 blah. And Fred says, I had no idea you had bought those things. Yes, you should give them back. It's freaking uh, Simish. Or what's that game? The Sims? Sim, Simish? <laughs> Sims. Yeah. Well, The Sims. Yeah. I love all huh? <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> um, oh, gosh. A whole, whole side note forever. But my wife and I saw this inside joke from The Sims from I don't know how many years ago. Uh because their languages, uh, their language is hysterical, and there's always this one that would say "disgra is fresche," and that's just yeah, exactly. It just, it, it's lasted now for at least 10, 15 years. I would say that every time I made dinner, "disgra is fresche." Exactly. <laughs> um, so he hands back the staff of light and the. Of explosions, the, the stick, the stick. It's just a the candle stick. and a dynamite stick. Oh, okay, there you go. <laughs> you got those. Um, he hands them back, and he kind of you see he gives this glance over towards the bartender, and you can immediately read on his face what he's wondering is, "Am I getting my money back?" <laughs> no, <laughs> you should go ask him. <laughs> right. But you can see that's the look he's giving. Like, uh, you know, I just paid for these things and i've given them up now he's not saying any of this because blah 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 yeah if you can communicate that to the bartender then go for it but <clears throat> yeah you know, whatever and he'll, that's what he'll work on next but you get those pieces back um they are still for manfred you can see they're still riveted to they're like under the spotlight waiting for the next question from the interrogator that's <laughs> the feeling you get between the way that pat and manfred just went at them like tell me what you know <laughs> you know uh what was it i swear to god swear to me yeah that's right, right. swear to me that kind of uh, thing where, where is this necromancer yeah where is this necromancer probably the volcano did you say where or who no where, where? well yeah where? i want i definitely want to know who too so the volcano, um, the volcano is a well-known one. You you all either would have traveled past it or heard about it at some point. It does erupt every few years. It's a very active volcano, but it always seems to erupt in the same direction away from the goblin tribe. And that's why they worship it because it never harms them. Uh, so this is very common. Um, What's the volcano's name though? That's Blonte a good question. Speech. Now that you asked, you get to tell me what it is. I uh, uh, Smoky Top, Smoky, Smoky Top, <laughs> and it was named by the goblins, so they named it Smoky Top. And this is uh, the main. Um, when you look at any map that any cartographer draws of the region you are in, it is one of the largest things on the map. So it takes up a lot of space, miles across. Uh, people know where it is, and. Um, is it you days guys, away or days travel away from it? So okay. not far. Okay, that's cool. Uh, so who is this necromancer? Um, you can tell he does not want to answer you and it's taking everything he can to, even though everything he's trying is, is to stop him. You've already compelled him to speak uh, the truth to you because truth is important. Right. And, um, 
I pull him a little bit closer. What is hidden in darkness will come to light. Speak he, the truth. Where are they? Fred gives a quick glance at Pat and he says, It is Thomas. You remember Thomas. And Thomas was the previous head of the Crimson Order. He left he left the Crimson Order for some unknown thing a few years ago. He looked a little too long into the abyss. The demons have him now. Why do you feel like you can stop him now after he's obtained his army? Couldn't you have stopped him before? No one knew where he was or what he was doing. I thought you crimson folk kept ties on each other. Anyone can find a way to disappear sometimes, you know? That's true. And then I use invisibility. <laughs> oh yeah so that's what that's like <laughs> I just gotta blend in but, uh... the um, other prep for the day though by the way yeah, the other thing that you would know just because of your history with the Crimson Order is that uh, Thomas the previous head of the Crimson Order who is now being named as the Necromancer uh, he was to date uh, over the millennia of the Crimson Order, the most powerful one that had ever uh, presided over the Order. Now, the Order in general has always been good people trying to do good things, but there's always a few bad apples every now and then, and uh, they do their best to weed them out, and maybe in your past you helped them one time with uh, chasing down a rogue magician or something. Hmm. Well, look, we're going to either help you or do it ourselves, so you can either allow us to be with your team, or we can just go alone. And he, uh, it's another one where it's like the truth serum is working and he's sweating out the truth. He doesn't want to, uh, but he does, he does say, uh, now that you're here, you might as well go alone. You do not need us. Well, thank then, you for not, the... alone. Wasn't the right word. He's just telling you to go without them. Well, thank you for your sudden trust. You we'll catch up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I chose the wrong word there. He would have just said, um, you do not need them. Well, Duke, Blackwell, it was nice knowing you. <laughs> what? <laughs> to the Necromancer's army I go. <laughs> I'll be back in a body bag. <laughs> you send that many goblin zombies after him, there better be one thing you remember. A lot of body bags. <laughs> First blood. Yep. All right. What time of day would we say it is? What time of day do you want I, it to be? I mean, you walked uh, into a bar. Drake did buy some drinks to bring over to the table, from what Who's I heard. Who's doing morning so, drinking? Who's guessing, doing afternoon drinking? Who's doing night drinking? That determines that's, what time you walked in, yeah. I guess. Well, they don't call me Pat for nothing. I'm a drink like an Irish. What's an Irish? They do person? call me good for nothing, though. <laughs> I drink like a dwarf. All right, give me that. Okay. We'll drink the night away, then we'll, we'll leave at first light. Sound good for you two? Yeah, it's all right by me. What is, um, does Manfred drink? No, he doesn't drink. Okay. Okay, then I oh, drink sure. Let's, I, let's I take, fight you for it. Let's take a Damn moment me. now that we have a little bit of what our adventure scope is. And Chris, I want to go back to something you had said. Let's go to the Paladin sheet. And let's pick a quest. Now that you have kind of an idea of what's going to go on, as in you guys are going to face probably an undead an un, an undead army 
as well as some form of powerful necromancer and there's going to be some kind of big natural disaster volcano-y and possibly a beast thing um go ahead if you wouldn't mind go ahead and read what quest says you don't have to read all the different lines right but what is quest for a paladin uh, when you dedicate yourself to a mission through prayer and ritual cleansing, state what you uh, set out to do. So mine would, I'd say, because I've got the true thing, you say discover the truth of the necromancer and what he's, you know, what uh, corrupted him maybe and all that kind of thing. Okay. So mine would be like, have... and I think, uh, and then you get to choose up to uh, two boons. Yep. So I definitely want to do senses that pierce lies. I think it'd be a good okay. one. And... Uh, a voice that transcends language so anyone can understand me maybe that could be good but like i said like yeah. maybe that guy could understand me but then he's speaking back i'm like i don't know what you're saying buddy and then <laughs> I, and after that the gm will then tell you what vow or vow so i kind of like the truth forbidden lie so i, I can't lie you know either yeah but that is what you would like what i want to see happen <laughs> yeah, yeah, I got um it. as part of this quest do you have an actual deity or is it just truth or, or is truth a deity for the paladin yeah it's, i think it's just an ideal right you know like okay. a virtue so not a god does truth speak to manfred oh it's the only thing he hears the truth okay so when when he dedicates himself to the quest and gets the the boons from truth uh you hear truth speak to you the way truth typically does of that you'll have senses that pierce lies. No lies will pass through your ears without being filtered to the truth. Um, and then your voice will transcend. So no, no matter who anyone is or what they understand, they will always understand you while you are setting out to discover the truth of the necromancer. And while this is happening, one thing that truth wants is uh, truth wants you to exercise some hospitality. So somewhere along the quest, there will be someone in need and you must aid them. Okay, that's cool. I dig it. And truth won't tell you what it is yet or who it is yet, but there will be something or someone in need okay. and you will know they are in need and it is required that you aid them in order to maintain the boons. All right, I dig it. So, so, so when he's talking to truth, is he, is he like sitting in his room or did he stop like in the middle, like rain man and just like in the middle of the bar <laughs> with thought bubbles? <laughs> where, where does, uh, how does, um, Manfred Blackwell, uh, commune with truth? I think he probably just like, yeah, take some, he could be anywhere. Right. But he just takes some time to himself to sit quietly, you know, think about things. So it's not like he's praying that way, I guess, you know, mm -hmm. just kind of, yeah, maybe do, doing a couple of mantras that are like, you know, yeah, truth is the most, the most powerful virtue. And you know, when a man lies, he murders some part of the world. You know, <clears throat> that kind of thing. <laughs> so now we also have, I want to talk about bonds a little bit. So that was one of those things where I was like, I, I'm sure Chris, you felt as the paladin, it was probably hard to figure out what your quest was when you didn't even know what we were doing. Yet. Oh yeah. Yeah. So now that we had a little idea, I wanted to visit that. Like you had mentioned the quest before. The other thing I had mentioned was bonds. Now that we might have a little bit of an idea of how the characters are at least interacting, even if we don't know their backstory. Um, I have already just said, you all have a bond with each other. So we're all, all, already going to say you have a, a plus one when it comes to anything with a bond. But what you can look at is right in the bonds section of the character sheet, there are pre-printed ones. If any of those seem to make sense or um, give you an idea of how to interact with the other character, yeah. put their name in there 
and then tell them why you think that. And it doesn't have to be right now. I'm just saying that's what no. the next step is. I got. I got. I can put them for both guys. I got them for you both. Got one? Go for it, Chris. Let's see. What All you right. Got. So I'm gonna do uh, Duke's misguided behavior endangers the very soul because he's a thief stealing stuff all the time. I'm like, come <laughs> on, man. Can you be better than that? You know. And then uh, for the uh, pot has stood by me in battle and can be trusted completely. I'd say like maybe. Uh, myself and Doritas were uh, working for the same Lord from a knight of the realm. He was like the wizard, you know, kind of thing. So yeah. we kind of worked for the same Lord for a while. And then, you know, maybe something went bad. Now we're kind of just adventuring around, you know. So what, how bonds work, I'll, I'll explain a little bit more, Zeb, for your benefit too, is at the end of each session, and you can find this under the basic moves, um, uh, whereas end of session is the name of it at the end of each session. One of the things you review is, are there any bonds that you have with another character that you think have either been resolved or are no longer relevant? So essentially the way Chris just worded that, if something happens and it looks like we shouldn't trust something Pat is doing and Manfred just steps up and says, no, he must be trusted. What he said is true. We got to go through with this, you know, something like that. Mm -hmm. Then at that point, he would have fulfilled that bond that he put in there. Hmm. And that's the idea of, of playing that. And as long as you have a bond written in there, then you also have that plus to anything bond related, like the aid or interfere rule. Uh, and that can be very useful, especially when you're trying to help someone else do something. And it, and it also drives the interaction between the characters. So that's an important piece there. It's how you get an experience marked at the end of a session. If a bond is resolved or no longer applicable, it just it can be um, erased. If it's no longer applicable, you'll still mark an experience because maybe you tried, but it just doesn't matter anymore. Maybe the bond is, you know, I'll save him from the dragon. And then the dragon's dead, but you didn't save him from the dragon. So you're like, okay, that's irrelevant. We're right. not, not planning on another dragon this week. So let's get rid of that. Yeah. And then just you write, you write a new bond. That's the point of the bonds to give that little bit of backstory with the characters. Do you have uh, you, Zeb, or, or Randy, yeah, have any yeah, thoughts on yours? <clears throat> Zeb? Yeah, so I, I just used the pre-filled in one. Yep. <laughs> and uh, the first one is, I stole something from Manfred. <laughs> nice <laughs> and uh the other one is pat knows incriminating details about me nice. and the for me one of the best parts of the first one i stole something from manfred is that's the end of it there isn't i stole something from him and he knows it or he doesn't know it so you can play exactly. this maybe want. that's what uh pat knows but yeah, yeah. Pat's not being saying. truthful but he's not being truthful in telling me <laughs> this whole so. point up. <laughs> <laughs> and what was the second one? Sorry, because I was so focused on how that one was fun. No, uh, the second one was Pat knows <clears throat> details about me. Nice. Yep. So that's where it fits. That's where yeah. you were saying that. I can tell this at any time, my friend. Any Randy, time. you got any thoughts on the wizard bonds? <clears throat> so um, I, I also use the uh, the pre-generated ones uh, a little bit, cool. but I want to add to uh, Duke's when I get to his. But for starters, Manfred's is Manfred is keeping an important secret from me. Um, I like to think that uh, we start talking about, uh, you said, the the Lord or whatever that we both were kind of working over. Is, I know that Duke stole my thing, and I know you haven't told me about it, but I'm not saying anything yet. <laughs> it is a vicious triangle right there. <laughs> yeah. Someone's knocking at my door, so I'll try to wrap this one up real fast and put my son back to bed. Um, 
But uh, the other one is Duke is misinformed about the world. I will teach them all that I can. So he likes to just zombie goblins are at the gates. I can hear him. He likes to just steal as a rogue, but. I think I can teach him that being intimidating is also very helpful when it comes to crack. <laughs> and now I'm going to go put a kid to bed. Appease the undead goblins. <laughs> and then while he's gone, I'll tell the secret that, I, that I'm holding from him. <laughs> so the other, the other one I was thinking of is I don't think either the rogue or the wizard had anything we would want to fill in after we learned a little bit about the adventure. Um, yeah, there was nothing like the quest. Yeah. Now, one thing I would say um, for you, Zeb, for the thief, if anything you've heard so far would make you want to switch what poison you you wanted to pick as a poisoner, you're welcome to do that. But, um, you know, it's not a big deal one way or another. Okay. Uh, I will ask, while we wait for Randy to come back, let's go on the next step of uh, a little bit of info about the character. So for the thief, Zeb, what alignment did you choose? I chose neutral, um, but thieves also have a, a starting move of flexible morals. Yeah. So when someone tries to detect my alignment, I can just lie. <laughs> you just tell them whatever you want. Yep. Now, um, if you would read the description for neutral, because this plays into the end of session as well. If you fulfilled your alignment by acting in accordance with it, you can also mark an experience. So what does uh, neutral say? Neutral is avoid detection or infiltrate a location. So either be be unnoticed or sneak into something. Pretty cool. Right, yeah. um, and then right under that is race. Now you don't get any um, experience for That's being, <laughs> you know, a halfling or human. You just get whatever the bonus is there. What did you uh, you pick? Human, me, you said right? Yeah, it's human. Uh, you are a professional when you spout lore or discern realities about criminal activities. Take plus one. Cool. Yep then um i think that covers it there so chris for the paladin what did you have for you said you picked lawful right yeah which is deny mercy to a criminal or unbeliever <laughs> so and essentially i would say anybody who, do, who doesn't follow the truth so to speak right, yeah who's a liar would <laughs> really be liars, man, right yeah right? Totally. We'll, we'll just say that he hasn't figured me out yet and he's never seen me <laughs> steal anything either <laughs> you definitely do underhanded stuff but maybe just hasn't been able to put a, a code against it yet, right? Yeah, he's, he's going to gather enough evidence. Yeah. Oh, he's got the thought of a couple jams, so, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, and then um, the paladin, you only pick human, but right. what does it have for human? Yeah, so when you pray for guidance even for a moment and ask, what here is evil, the GM will tell you honestly. honestly. Now, this is one of those weird <laughs> ones where... Zeb, for the purpose of the rules, typically you would just say you're whatever alignment you want to say. Realistically, between these characters, they probably already know each other enough to know what the alignments are. But it's one of those where there's kind of a conflicting rule. And when it comes to something like that, I would typically go in the direction of the player. So if Chris were to say um, that uh, Manfred is praying for guidance um, even for a moment in a group of people asking uh, what here is evil or in an area, what here is evil. The only thing that I would not immediately answer is if Duke wanted to say, I am evil. Cause then you could be lumped in with the evil when he gets that detection, so to speak. But other than that, it, it is free for the rest of the entire world. Uh, 
Chris will get the honest answer when Manfred asks, "What here is evil?" He's, uh, it's yeah. like the Sorting Hat, and uh, uh, I'm Harry Potter, and like he, I can't figure it out. <laughs> Turn to page three hundred and seventy-four, <laughs> <laughs> Mister Snape. Um, that wasn't bad, by the way. Uh, the so, Randy, what I was just doing is we're kind of reading over a couple of things on the character sheets to understand more about the paladin and the and the thief while you were away. So I'm going to ah. ask you now about the wizard. So for the wizard, what did you choose for alignment? I am neutral because I don't want to go too far evil with a paladin in the party. <laughs> <laughs> and what is the description for neutral? So we know uh, what you're striving to be as a neutral wizard. It, it says discover something about a magical mystery. Okay. Is it, uh, maybe it's a mystery how the necromancer could awaken a volcano then? Because that doesn't seem like a normal thing. Yeah, he's going to try to do that. That way he can learn to do something smaller, but, you know, <laughs> just as effective. The largest force of nature and then work your way down to like a breeze in the trees. Yeah, he's trying uh, to win his science fair project. It's going to be like a vol volcanic tunnel from under the water, you know? Just... <laughs> It's not a real volcano. It's just a huge experiment with acids and bases. <laughs> okay, look, it's it's vinegar and uh, and baking soda. Okay, that's. The... I believe Randy, you said you had picked human, right? No, I am an elf. Oh, you picked elf. Okay, so go it's... ahead and read what elf is for the race for a wizard. Magic is as natural as breath to you. Detect magic is a cantrip for you. Okay. And so. we can take we can take a moment to talk about a couple more things about the wizard, but um, I'll just throw in there, just like in most games, wizards have spell levels in this game, and cantrip is that easy, you always have these things ready, handy, available kind of deal. Um, what did you pick for first level spell? Uh, okay, so I did not know how to read that exactly. It says, mm -hmm. do I get two slots for being level one plus one, or do I pick two spells because of that? So it is, um, where is it? I got I to find the right spot here. So prepare spells. You prepare spells um, of your choice from your spell book who total levels don't exceed your own level plus one. So you're level two or number two at this point. You're level one. So you're level plus one. Okay. So that means you could have two first level spells because that's one plus one. Two. And that's in my arsenal or uh, just two of the ones in the list? I did not understand that either. So. Cantrips, you have them all. First level spells, you because cantrip counts as zero. So you automatically get all of those. Um, but then you also, because of detect magic, because of being an elf, that falls under cantrip. So now you have six others to choose from, of which for now you can pick two. When you go up a level, you have another number. So essentially you'll go from your level plus one. So it's at level one, it's two. At level two, it'll be three, which means you could actually drop your first level spells and pick one third level spell, or you could have three first level spells. It's a mix and match, however you want. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, okay, so since I can have two first level spells, that's again how we decided. Uh, it would be magic, missile, and invisibility. Cool. <clears throat> cool. And uh, those are very uh, typical of what you would expect. So nothing crazy about magic missile. It always hits something and does some damage and then invisibility. Well, you can turn yourself invisible or any ally. You can touch them and make them invisible. Because I am uh, very, very weak and I need to be able to either do damage from a distance with my magic or get the hell out of there. Yeah. Or if we want to get stealthy. Invisible. So that's one of the things about the wizard is that spell preparation. So the, the move is called prepare spells. And that's where you essentially, you go in, 
you, you go to study your spell book, you're going to take some time with it in quiet isolation, and you're going to say, all right, I'm dropping all the spells I've got, and I'm going to reload whatever the number is, in this case, two. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then the only other thing, to, to me at least, that bears a little bit of explanation is a, a wizard can do rituals. And under the rituals, it's kind of like you almost do anything you want, but it, it's a lot of um, trying to figure out components and what what goal you want to get out of it. So that's something that you'll want to think about too as we go. Yeah. Um, I think that kind of covers what we had on the character sheet. So I don't know if anybody, uh, and not anybody, I don't know if either Duke or Pat would wake up with a hangover, depending on if you actually drank the night away, like you said. Pac um, never but does. Manfred would not. Manfred wakes up with the truth and only the truth. Invigorated <laughs> with truth. Yes. Mm. Uh, I had a good night's sleep and I cannot lie. Pat <laughs> would uh, make sure he doesn't drink too much because he knows he has to prepare spells in the morning. So okay. I'm, I'm still drunk. <laughs> Duke, you just uh, fill up an extra flask before yeah. you go. I yeah. just say, take it in. Take it in your bucket. Um, Phil, as the uh, uh, barkeep, also does run the kitchen. They, they they could make sure that you have you guys have breakfast the next day, and you know set you up with essentially what you would have in your inventory now if you had taken like rations, dungeon rations, I think it's called. I can't remember for sure. Um, but if you'd had those rations, that's what we're going to count this as. You're getting supplied by Phil, your friend at the uh, at the tavern. Nice. Uh, he'll make sure that you have the food you need to get you off on your way. See you later, Phil. See ya. How do you guys want to approach the adventure? It's kind of, everything's out in the open um, because there isn't anything else right now except a tavern and a volcano and some goblins who are now zombies. Zomblins. But uh, the, how how you guys travel, completely up to you right now. Maybe you'll have horses. Maybe you've got a wagon. I don't, doesn't matter. Doesn't care. Uh, you, you pick it. We'll make it happen. And you're about a day away from the volcano, regardless of what the travel is. If it's going to be walking, it's going to be a day. If it's going to be horseback, it's going to be a day on horse. So just to throw that out there. <laughs> I, what if we only have one horse? <laughs> you could use it as a pack animal. <laughs> keep all your gear on it. No one has to carry anything extra. I mean, however, however you guys want to handle that. Um, I mean, I'd prefer not to hoof it on my feet. Okay. <laughs> it's just yeah. me. I'd rather ride a horse if we could. Yeah, Look, I, I traveled a long distance from my night school college to be here. So. <laughs> <laughs> cool. So you each have your own horse. Um, maybe you have a relationship with your horse. Uh, Chris might be a war horse or something from you know, oh, yeah. night school or something. It works for me. <laughs> yeah. Um, Mine is not my horse. I just found it. You know, it just found it. Uh -huh. Yeah. <laughs> and there's somebody out there right now saying, Where the hell did my horse go? Peanut. Where are Peanut. you? Peanut. <laughs> all right. Horse's name is Peanut. Um, all right. So y'all all got your horses. Uh, and you head off towards the volcano. Is there any kind of preparation that anybody needs to do based on your character that you would want to do before we actually arrive at the site of the next thing that happens? Of my two spells, I would prep my two spells. Okay. Uh, and you're going to go with the invisibility and magic missile? Yeah. Okay. And remember the cantrips? You've always got them. Yeah. Right up until there's some kind of failure and you forget it for now, and then you just get it back when you prepare spells again. Right. Okay. Okay. And let's see. All right. Uh, the We're going to say, again, it's a day. 
So you get there in the morning, you probably stop, make a, a quick camp at night the next day. Uh, the, so first off, the volcano has been in sight the entire time. It's so big that you could see the peak of it a day away. It's not like um, you had to cross some uh, vast amount of distance just to be able to find it. It's been in sight the entire time. Uh, you have noticed, though, during the day of travel heading towards it, because it's constantly in your line of sight, you have seen the smoke coming from the top, uh, from Smoky Top, increasing. And um, it's ever so slight, but it is clearly increasing. Like, um, it's not just steady. It is more and more uh, each hour. But it, it's really like it's going from one to two. But you can tell that it's actually changing. Okay. And we're sure it's just not overdue to explode. Right, Manfred? Well, I checked with the local, I think they call them sciencers or something. Um, <laughs> And they said this is abnormal. Okay, I just so the question afraid. I have for you, and you will shall not lie to me, Pot. Yes, Do you think friend. you can stop it? Do you have to stop it? Do we have to kill Thomas? Does that stop it? If we stop him before he completes whatever he's doing, um, then we can stop it more than likely. But. If it's done and he's just letting it go, there's nothing we can do about it. And I, I, I don't think I'd said it. One of the key parts is he wants to control it. He wants that power. So he wants to like harness the power of the volcano, not just set it off because it goes off on its own every few years anyway. But he right. knows that it does that and he knows the incredible power inside. So he wants to control that power, calling it the beast of the volcano. My man, Fred, <laughs> um, it's a concentration spell, so we have to stop him. <laughs> I, I'm thinking to myself, very neutrally, yeah, it'd be cool if it went off. Oh, we should probably stop it. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, maybe I've never, not, seen, yeah. I've never seen a volcano explode. <laughs> There's probably been plenty of paintings and stuff of it because Smoky Top, it being again a huge volcano and it does erupt regularly. There's probably paintings and, and uh, bard's tales about it, and um, it, it's almost like background noise because it's common enough. Everyone knows it's going to explode, it's always going to um, spew some ash and, and always spit lava down the east side of the uh, volcano, and the goblins are on the west side. and uh, by the way, you guys are approaching from the west, headed to the east. So you're approaching the side where the goblins are, or were, perhaps. Uh, and as you get close enough, you do start to see the remnants of goblin uh, hamlets and, and small villages. You can see there was probably a, a group of goblins out here, what, what you might have uh, associated as the suburbs or something outside of their main area. Just a couple of little huts with a um, what is now a trampled little farmland. And the place has been either, uh, each of the little huts you see has either been slashed up or burned. And you do see uh, bits of clothing and things laying around but you know goblin wear not necessarily anything fancy but definitely a catastrophe happened here you do see a crimson robe you let me know <laughs> I, I i i put my hand up as we we're approaching this uh as we're getting close to the place oh so that was you i thought that was brimstone <laughs> i and uh, i want to use my trap expert to spend a moment surveying a dangerous area all right 
So let's spend a moment surveying the area. Go ahead and make that roll for the trap expert. Ooh. Wait a second. Uh, I forgot to add my, my pluses. Yeah. Well, what is my plus dexterity? Five plus, plus that's de dexterity, right? Yep. Should be seven. That's actually a seven. Okay. So a seven will actually let you not straight up fail. So <laughs> the way that one works, and I'll explain the, the, the hold. What it means is you've made the roll. Now you have some currency to spend. You, you get one because you had a seven to nine. You can spend that one to answer any one of the three questions that are there. Now, if you had three, you could ask all three or you could keep asking the same one at different times. That makes but you sense. have one that you can use now. All right. What else is hidden here? Okay. So as you guys walk through, um, the sharp eye of the, the thief picks up on how the houses that were slashed, you're not finding any blood anywhere. And the houses that are burned are just, you know, they're just down to the ground. It's ashes. You can tell that there were like posts in the ground holding up the, the hut. But it looks like um, the, the death of the whatever was here was probably done in a way that shed no blood. And that uh, you know that there are creatures that can do that and there's also magic that can do that and it's very likely that whatever thomas the necromancer had enlisted to help him wipe out the goblins it's very likely that that thing is still around guys this place don't sit right with me <laughs> so well, none of the, none of this makes it it doesn't look like humans or goblins did any of this hmm. it looks funky now here's where we could, and anybody can do this, but you can look at the basic move of spout lore, which is essentially your character saying, I think I know what happened here, and this is what I think. And then we determine <laughs> if you do know something, how did you know it? And, you know, we give you that information. The other way to go about it is the discern realities, which is essentially, I don't know what's going on here. It's the opposite. So the first one, spout lore, that uses intelligence is, I know, and I'm going to tell you how I know it. And the other one is, I don't know it. Could you tell me? <laughs> so it's, yeah. you kind of figure it that way. And the discern realities works off of wisdom. Yeah, I could try that one because my intelligence is in the shitter. Yeah, <laughs> both of those things are for me. <laughs> I don't get a minus for wisdom. So. Mine is not. I have quite the brain. <laughs> Here's the other way to look at it, too. The more often you fail, the more often you get experience and therefore get to further moves by leveling up. Right. So it's like sometimes you just if you want to actually play a character, for example, that's a know-it-all, give them a low intelligence and you'll level up faster. <laughs> right? <laughs> I know how this works. Let me tell you how this works. Fail. <laughs> right? But um, you, it's not necessarily gaming the system so much as it is just playing a character that thinks they know it and when they really don't. They're just learning. Exactly. So, Chris, you wanted to uh, kind of examine reality. what uh, Duke has mentioned and see if you can figure anything out? Yeah, I'll do just certain realities. So let's do that. Let's give the uh, roll plus wisdom. Whoa! Blammo, 10. Did I click that? Nice. Holy crappers. And did you have a plus two on that? No, I'm straight nothing. Just neutral. Nothing. No bonus. Oh, so no, no, but it's still a 10. So even, yeah, totally. even cooler. All right. So the... Um, the clues that you're finding, 
Well, first off, do you want to, you have the 10 plus, you can have three questions right from the list. Do you want to ask a specific thing like, you know, what, what is, what does it mean to have this tent ripped up or whatever? Or do you want to just pick from the list? Cause I work either way. Yeah. Like what should I be on the lookout for? Okay. So without being too obvious, you should be on the lookout for whatever caused the problem yeah. here. The reason I say it is you are seeing on your examination of the area that the markings look really fresh. So where there was a slash in the, the, um, the, the leather covering of this hut, you can see that it is still fresh there. You know, you can still see that the, uh, there's no, no dirt or anything in the, in the cut. It hasn't sat there for weeks or months or whatever, whatever happened here happened very recently. Um, and that it could possibly still be here and you should be on the lookout for whatever caused that. I feel like some of these are just kind of silly. Like, like for example, what happened here recently? Well, the thing got cut. Uh, well, I no. could, I, I can embellish. If you already have something, I'll give you more info. Yeah, That's I mean, I, see it. I guess like what here is useful or valuable to me? Is there? Okay. Yeah, your allies are here. <laughs> oh, you said useful. <laughs> when you're looking through um, some of the ashes of one of the burned huts you actually see remnants of a crimson robe. That's a hey, mother... Hey, <laughs> hey, Duke, Duke, come here, Duke. Should I show him? Should I show him? Of course I show him. He needs to know the truth. What are you guys with? What the fuck? <laughs> Look what I found, Pop. What the Fred? What <laughs> the Fred? Uh, yeah, it is definitely one of the robes. And you guys just last night, uh, well, I guess a day and a half ago now, you were in the bar with these three guys in their, you know, fancy crimson robes. This is one of those for sure. There's, there's no question. It's the same texture. It's the same, you know, like that, that weird velour or whatever. You rub it one way and it's shiny. You rub it the other oh, way and it's yeah. flat. It's the same material. It looks like the it same. It doesn't have any gold gilding color. on it, does it? Say there's, that again. Sorry. No gilded gold piece on this one. This one does not. What is possibly so? There, I think. Two things that could be useful slash valuable here. First off, you found it. And second, it's at the bottom of ash, and it is not at all burnt. It's not even scarred. Mm. That's how you know it's a new Crimson Order robe. They don't burn. Yeah, I can't say the same for my dusty old robes. You have one more question from your discern realities for Manfred, if you've got another idea. Yeah, of what um... I'm kidding. These are stylish. <laughs> I mean, since like we kind of have an idea of something that might have done this, it's something I might know that has a weakness, or can I recognize, oh, it must be this beast. I've only seen these markings before, you know, something like that. What what can you give me? Can you give okay, me so let me let me treat that as what here is not what it appears to be, because I'm going to tell you something that uh, it it appears by all appearances and what you've seen so far that it was a beast. You are looking at this saying there is no clause that did this. This is definitely some form of construct, maybe, because there are no claw marks anywhere. There are no bestial footprints or monstrous footprints. Uh, all you see are essentially footprints left by goblins and then really precise, like scalpel-like slashes in these uh, in these huts. Okay. So it was not, not a natural beast that would have done this. Probably... Uh, a construct of some type. Look at these cuts. Precision. No animal could do this. 
Only so, Imperial stormtroopers have this kind of presentation. The truth will be revealed to us soon. <laughs> you know, since my intelligence is a 16, I'm actually not going to say it, but what I would have wanted to say was, oh, so I'm we're looking for a giant flying knife that was just cutting through. <laughs> yes. Well, as far, you know, that's the kind of thing. Back. This is, to me, Randy, this is where I say my uh, emo nerdy wizard, which is what your tag says now, uh, my emo nerdy wizard knows all about flying knives. I'm sure this is what did it. I'm going to spout some more. <laughs> because why not? It's like the flying knives from the Shadow movie with Alec Baldwin. <laughs> so I, I called Manfred the flying knife. You definitely, Manfred, without a doubt, <laughs> truth of the matter, this was some kind of most likely magical construct that came in and did away with the goblins and somehow did it slashing, but you don't see blood spatter anywhere. Hmm. Have you ever heard of such magic there, Pot? It sounds, other than dealing with a necromancer and being necromancy to begin with, uh, it's, I don't know, it's otherworldly in a way. Is there like a Feywild or something in this world? You gonna spout some lore? Okay, yeah, I'll, I'll use spell. You it, it, we're creating it, right? As, we're creating it starts this. as simple as when you consult your accumulated knowledge about something. That's it. <laughs> what what is your accumulated knowledge about? Is it about goblin death? Is it about village burning? Is it about uh, magical constructs? What is your what is the knowledge you're drawing on? I've heard about tents and things being cut in this way, and people kind of leaving the way they did in a lack of a, a more clever word. Um, Let's roll were... plus intelligence. Spout some lore. Roll plus intelligence. Let's go. So when you do that... Um... Okay, so my intelligence is a plus two, so that is a nine. So you have a nine. So on a seven to nine, I will tell you something interesting, but it's going to be on you to make it useful. <laughs> okay. Okay, so... You remember a story probably about a year or so ago, Fred and you were drinking at a bar and he was talking about how uh, Thomas as head of the Crimson Order uh, was coming up with new kind of um, uh, new kinds of guards for the outside of the Crimson Order temple that wouldn't need to sleep and to just kind of be awake all the time. And the one problem he was still having with it was that Sometimes they were kind of vampiric. Weird. <laughs> so he sort of made vampires in a way. Interesting. <laughs> um, so I will. Now, um, I, I, I kind of gave you the whole scenario. Yeah. But what, what was your conversation with um, Fred at the time that would have even brought that up? How did you, how did that come up? Uh, I would, uh, I would have been asking him like, what was, uh, what was new going on? Because uh, we were having problems with uh, our guards constantly falling asleep, and uh, so uh, rogues kept on sneaking in and impersonating as the newbies. And I met this guy named Duke because I thought he was my understudy. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Because the guards were always sleeping, so we stole some clothes. <laughs> So I'm wondering hey. if he knew a new situation about getting some, either a way to keep people up or a new security system. Cool. So he um, he had first tried inventing Red Bull, but that happened somewhere else. <laughs> um, and then Crimson Minotaur was taken by some cool people. So, Too busy to die. 
yeah. He he ended up creating uh, mechanical constructs that did not need to sleep. But yeah, he had so he had a little bit of problem with them still. They they never really quite made it out of beta. And it was shortly after that that uh, Thomas just kind of vanished. Hmm. For some reason, he put needles on them, and they kept on draining people's blood. I'm not sure why. <laughs> yeah they, they all um they're all employed by the red cross now they're doing great <laughs> this is similar that they added scalpels now so he's getting the whole his whole doctor's uh monster monstrosities going yeah they uh they, they once they find out your blood type they keep hounding you typo <laughs> negative Yes, <laughs> we need we need more typo negative other constructs need it now yes supply exactly. is low the um, wait, you're not evil, are you? We need neutral, <laughs> neutral type. <laughs> so, as you guys approach closer, it's just more and more of the same, it just becomes larger and larger to the tune of uh, presuming none of you had visited, you know, said goblin village, the, the tribe that has lived here for so long. Presuming you hadn't vi visited, you'd, you'd have heard about them, but you didn't realize there were so many. I mean, you're talking about hundreds of huts and mm -hmm. small buildings, and they had their full. Uh, tribe going here and had to have been you know thousands of goblins that lived here and as you're walking through it's just nothing ghost town uh burned down huts and slashed up um fabrics and where where you find wooden posts they're either broken but they have they look like they've been hit really hard with uh, like an axe but much sharper it's really clean cut um think of the like the videos you see of people properly using a samurai sword and cutting through stuff. And it's just that straight up cut the katana kind of thing mm -hmm. it, like that with, you know, three inch thick logs. So it's uh that's what you see as you go through, but it's utter devastation, not a single living thing around. What you know, what's interesting about this pot, this was done recently. Like this was not just, so what they they kill the goblins and they come back later and burn the place down and just wreck it. I I wonder if uh, while he's busy trying to control the volcano, he just turned his creations loose, like uh, keep everything away, so a construct might not just you know a certain human from building and just destroy everything. Do you think this cloak is Thomas's or is someone else's? Well, Fred was telling me Thomas was building these kind of things. It's not the cloak of the leader of the Crimson Order, though. It looks like rank and file. And mm. actually, now that um, I'm saying that you guys have moved farther in, you find a couple more. Now that you, you have an idea of what you're looking for and where, uh, Manfred, you find them. A, a couple other huts that have clearly been burned to the ground. Same idea. And it's only in the ones that have been burned, not the ones that have been cut. Mm. Hmm. nothing underneath the cloaks or anything like that they're just laying on the ground yeah i mean a little bit of ash so if it was being worn by someone at the time they went away in ash just like the uh the building itself i see that's a big if I, i'm not telling you that that's what happened yet or not because nobody like, is magician magician suicide bombers they never Could quite figured out how to get the fireproof to go all the way around the body. <laughs> yeah. It's only on the cloak itself. Just make the plane out of the black box. Well, once once yeah. something <laughs> on fire lands on them or holds them, <laughs> they're done for. Like, yep. 
Stop dropping. Oh, no. Well, also, gonna... I got to hit him in the face four times now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, uh, I've just been rummaging through things, looking for stuff, if I can find anything. Uh, so far, no no luck. It's, everything's just been burned up. Uh, no trace left behind uh, so far. Yeah. yeah. Um, and here's where I say, if we want, if you're looking to specifically to learn more, then it will trigger another discern realities role because that's what you'll be doing. And at that point you can just, we can make that role, the role plus uh, wisdom, and then we can take it from there. But if you're looking for new info, um, like I was saying with the cloak, it's the same modus. It was the same burn building, same cloak. So easy enough to find because Manfred spent the time to even find that to begin with. Okay. So okay. If you want to go ahead and do that, we can do that roll plus wisdom, and then we can play out another discern realities. That's oh. it. Now, do you have a minus one on wisdom? Nope. Okay, good. Then you at least have the seven. <laughs> so you're good there. Uh, so you can take one of those questions there. And Chris, also remember for Manfred, anything that you learn from the discern realities, if you're acting on it, you can take plus one on the, the next roll for it. Too. Okay, cool. Uh, what is about to happen? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so here, here's where I, I'll say, like, once you ask me the question, I'll kick something into gear. Off in the distance, towards the volcano, you see something metallic glinting off of the setting sun the sun is setting behind you and you move to the side a little and when your shadow moves away and the sun hits something in the distance in the distance i'm talking like 100 yards or so maybe um you see glinting of metal off of something and that's something you have not seen yet in the goblin village all right <laughs> i think we better prepare ourselves there's something up ahead if we move fast enough we could catch up to it all right, <laughs> you take lead. All right, I, I go running. I go charging after it. Okay. Um, remember, you guys have the horses, so oh yeah, oh, ride yeah. towards it. Why are you it's running good. your horses over here? I got or, or, or you bring your me. horse with you. I mean, yeah. Yeah, no, I uh, I got the war horse full speed ahead. Yeah, I mean, you can you can run what fifty feet faster than you can mount a horse and right. ride fifty feet. That's right. right. Tally ho, lads. Yeah. All right, so yeah, you, you head forward, and as, as soon as you're up there and you see what Duke has indicated, um, you realize it is actually coming towards you, and it does look like um, a ball <laughs> that has shiny blades kind of sticking out in a lot of different directions, and it's just kind of rolling towards you. I hate to use this reference, but think of the way like BB-8 rolls from Star Trek, uh, where the head oh, stays yeah. on the top, but the body rolls the whole time. Yeah. Think of the, there's like knives, blades along the top that stay stationary while it's rolling towards you. Okay. Like, uh, Did you guys ever see that movie Critters? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's like that, except with, with, with knives. <laughs> with knives. That's a knife. <laughs> um yeah so what do you do it's coming right right towards you and it is in size uh the ball itself thing is about six feet tall so it's, it's kind of a big ball and then the uh the blades on it each stretch out from it anywhere from about a half a foot to about three feet okay <laughs> hello friend <laughs> I, I, i'm charging into attack i'm charging into attack how do they stop these things again deactivate stop Crimson, stop. <laughs> so, so we'll have... Um, oh. Crimson sign meets stop. 
we'll have Pat shouting passwords while uh, uh, Manfred goes to hack it manually. Yes. <laughs> are you are you sword and board? I'm doing the physical pen test. You guys do the other stuff. Yeah, so uh, that's a good point, Zeb. Um, Chris, can you describe how is uh, Manfred armed and armored? Like uh, he has he scale like? mail and a shield and a long sword, so he's riding like a knight, but he's got the you know sword yep. swinging. So like like Zeb mentioned, sword and board that old stereotypical look of uh, your oh, yeah. knight in metal armor with yep. uh, the sword and the shield. Is there an emblem on the shield, like the big T for truth or something? Uh, yeah, it could be a. Uh... Oh man, I actually want it to be like the three fingers of like a boy scout with the whole thing about being trustworthy and all that. Oh yeah, cool. So that's yeah. like a, a hand with three fingers up. Or like yeah. the monster logo. It has three things on it. It does it? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, the um uh what I was thinking too is you could just it's just write the word lie and then put the no symbol over it. <laughs> this is no lie. <laughs> no lies. Uh all right, so you you're there. Um, so you are charging on horseback. So you just plan on going yep. up and like swinging, like oh, d- yeah, describe totally. what your attack would be. You know, that's, yeah, that's totally. Yeah. Like I'm, uh, jousting, but with a sword basically. So total hack and slash maneuver. <laughs> okay. So we are going to treat this as a hack and slash since you are charging at something that is charging towards you as well and has blades. Um, we'll see how, what happens based on your role. So go flying blade. Slash, go. All right. You're going to do a, um, roll plus strength. Yep, roll plus strength. Here we go. Eight. Oh, you put the plus one there? Cool. All right. Yep. Yep. So with an eight, um, so first off, uh, where was it? On a seven and nine, you deal your damage to the enemy. So if you want to go ahead and roll your damage, I don't remember what the damage die is for Paladin. It's a D10. All right. So let's roll that D10. Do you, is, it, is strength involved in that for damage or no? Uh, no, oh, it'll my be sword that. Is. My sword is. Yeah. The plus one for sure. I think it's just the sword is the yes, plus exactly. one damage. All right. Because so. your damage die is the same um, no matter what your strength is. Yeah. You don't lose anything if you put a poor strength down. Ooh, nine points. Nice. Nine points of damage. Hit. Okay. So with that, um, what's going to happen is that your swing will hit. But at the same time, with all of these blades, you oh, can't yeah. avoid one of them kind of catching yeah. you as well. Right. Uh, so if you can do a, let's see, blah, blah, blah. because of all the different blades, let's do a D4. If so you can roll a D4, and we'll have you take that damage. All right. Four. <laughs> Four, but I have three armor because of my armor and my shield, so I only yeah. take one point. Nice. Okay. So w- you get in there with your blade. And when you hit, you actually knock half of the blades off of the head of the thing. All right. Um, as it's spinning, one of the blades does catch you in the leg as it goes by and doesn't do much. Like you said, your armor absorbs most of it, but you're probably going to have a little cut right there where the armor joins near the knee. Um, and th- that the thing <laughs> goes, go, ah, well, that's a fact. <laughs> <laughs> so the thing goes right by you. Um, Duke and Pat, you can see that it has the 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 paladin definitely took a, a swipe at it and knocked half of the blades off the top when you see those blades hit the ground as soon as they hit the ground they just crumble into a dust but the oh, the, the creature itself this this blade ball construct <laughs> uh, blade. it can is <laughs> rolling past um uh past manfred towards the other two of you what do you do 
All right, you go right. I'm going left. All right, yeah. We'll, we'll, my, we'll diverge. I pull my <laughs> horse left, and then immediately, goes invisible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm I'm doing that thing where I'm riding on the side of the horse, but you can't see see me at all. <laughs> nice. Yeah. <laughs> so it is good. It is coming mm. at you guys. Um, if you are choosing to split, I'm going to pick one of you that it attacks. If one of you is actually approaching it, then it will be that one. Are you splitting? How so? Um, so Manfred went straight at it, and I'm going to yeah. go kind of at an angle. Um, so still towards it, but like away at the same time, and preparing to fire some magic missile out of the front of my staff. So you're seeking to avoid direct contact. Duke, yeah. are you seeking to avoid direct contact as well? Um, while I'm turning to the right, I am readying my uh, throwing daggers. Okay, so kind of both the same. So in this case, what I'm going to do is I'm going to have the person that's not directly involved now. So Chris, <laughs> roll me any die on an even number. The uh, the ball will approach Duke, and on an odd number, it will approach uh, Pat. All right, I want to do a 20, because we never get to roll 20s for Dungeon World usually. So yeah. here we go. Yeah, yeah, break the rules. I hit it. Did you do anything? Odd number. Here you go, Pat. <laughs> okay, so... so the ball... It has has made its choice as you guys split up. You did a good move by splitting up because it can't hit both of you. However, it has decided to roll towards its right. I think is the, the right way to say this because yep. I think you went left. So it's rolling yep. towards its right. And it has, it looks like it has kind of morphed the blades that are on top of it. Whereas um, when you first saw it, it probably had 10 or so different blades on it. And then Manfred went by and just when a huge swipe, just knocked more than half of them off. The other blades look like while it's approaching, it looks like they're reassembling into one large blade that it's kind of like, like piercing, like, like, like a lance. Um, like it's coming at you like that direct on. What do you do? Okay. I'd like to use it if I danger. Um, if I could, I'd like to steer the horse a little further to the left while I kick off of it so it'll come after me and not hit the horse. Uh, yeah, so I'm trying yeah, to like kind of tuck in a roll. To use for that. That, uh, because that see. sounds to me like either strength or dexterity if that's how you're approaching it. Uh, probably dexterity. I'm trying to just like get out of the way and at least get the horse out of the way if I can. Okay. So let's go for that. Let's do a defy danger plus dexterity. What's can I, can I also... Can I, uh, the aid or interfere thing, can I do that at any point? Okay, it's a flat oh, Yeah, yeah. At any point, if you want to help or hinder <clears throat> someone that you have a bond with, in this case, you would be helping Pat not get hit somehow. You have to describe how you're going <clears throat> to do it, and then we make that roll. That's okay. He rolled a seven. He's fine. <laughs> uh, yeah, but there's a, what, do you have any bonus with that, Randy? It's flat. It's okay. zero. So Dex. aid would really wouldn't make a difference then. Yeah, right? yeah. My, good thing I didn't use strength because that's negative one. So I would have been a six if that was strength. Uh, so with a seven to nine, it says I either stumble, hesitate, or flinch. The GM will offer the worst outcome, hard bargain, or ugly choice. Yeah, I will. So, <laughs> I think that means you tell me what happened so to me. <laughs> what happens is you get out of the way. Right? You, you manage to get out of the way. And when that happens the the uh, blade ball severs the uh, the saddle strap on your horse. The saddle comes off and your horse bolts off into the distance. And I'm... you are on the ground with your foot still stuck in the stirrup. Spot's never going to find his way home. We're nowhere near the house. 
the dorm room. Hey, you, you might be able to retrieve it later if you have any kind of bond with your horse. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I don't mean like bond as in on your character sheet, but as in your character has. What kind of secret are you hiding from me, Spock? <laughs> <laughs> Tell me. Yeah, exactly. That Why don't I ever with. find a druid to, druid to play with? <laughs> my, my horse never talks to me anymore. <laughs> the um, So that, that happens there. And the ball appears to still have to obey some kind of physics and kinetic energy. It does not just stop, turn, and, and approach you. It starts to make a wide circle to come back because now it's kind of overshot everybody and it's starting to make a wide circle to come back. So we'll turn the camera back to see what Manfred's up to after he made his first swipe. I'm guessing he's probably turning around. Yeah, turning though, around yeah. and full blast again. Real quick, you need to know that one time the horse did try to talk to me, but it was losing <laughs> its voice. It sounded a little hoarse. Oh. Hey. Hey Yay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, <boy. laughs> oh, my. Um, I, I was waiting for some kind of Mr. Ed peanut butter joke, but that was just as good. Thank you. <laughs> the um, So, yeah, so we, we switch over to that that view that camera zooms in and we get that quick smash cut of man for doing like a drifting turn on the horse to get That's it back right, around right. slow motion. Yep. And, up. um, and blade ball is now rolling back in that direction. Uh, however, because it's been paying attention to other stuff right now, Manfred, you choose what goes on next. I am doing another hack and slash. And at this point too, for Duke, um, in the background of this scene, Duke is on his horse right right towards the back, and you can see that you've reached Duke has reached for those throwing daggers. And we'll see what happens with those right after we see what Manfred's up to. All right. Hack and slash again. Another uh jousting charge with the long sword. Yeah. Oh my god, yes. Oh yeah. my gosh, super successful. So now in a hack and slash on a 10 plus, you deal your damage to the enemy and avoid their attack. Now, if you choose, you could even do extra damage. Now, what I'll say, Manfred, being a warrior, knows that his first attack, if he does the same kind of thing again, he doesn't need to do any extra. He's pretty sure that this is going to put the thing down. Or at least yeah. get rid of all the blades and yeah, render it true. a lot less harmful. Uh, maybe not. <laughs> maybe I will take the... Uh... Oh, three. All right, so three damage. Now... Total of 12. It, here's what I'll tell you. That one blade that it had assembled, that it was using to, to try and um, pierce through the wizard it was still the same blade so when it came at you uh, still the same blade you are able to chop that off and now the ball for lack of a better term it just looks confused um it's kind of do the extra damage it's kind of do you want you yeah. let me finish describing it and then you decide okay. if you want to do any more okay, okay. Yeah, <laughs> It almost stops in place and kind of wobbles back and forth and the head on top of it moves a little bit one way or another. And it looks like the metal on top is almost liquid and bubbling. I've avoided the reference, but think Terminator 2. Yeah, yeah. You know, the metal Terminator where it just reassembles. It looks like it's trying to reassemble something, but you've cut off enough of it. And when it fell to the ground, unlike the terminator reference it didn't turn into like metal it just turned to dust it hit the ground and poof like this was made okay. out of dust kind of thing it's a gotcha. uh, clearly a construct as had been previously guessed so it looks like it's struggling and it's not attacking it's, it's trying to figure out how without its weapons i guess that, that's I'll, uh, the appearance I'll hold off you get. Then. yeah i'll look over yeah. at the uh, pot 
And so Duke, <laughs> you're right there when that happens. You see what just happened. You still want to toss a dagger at it or not? Because you're ready for it. And you could still hit it and still do damage to it. And you might even be able to put it out of commission. Or do you want to see if there's any, you know, maybe the wizard can question the robot? <laughs> Who knows? I don't, I don't think it talks. <laughs> I, I'm going to ready the daggers, but I'm turning Peanut around to, to head back towards uh, Manfred. And I, I don't take any action as I'm, as I'm riding towards him. Okay. So, um, Pat, you see the, the three of them now. So the, the ball, the blade ball, um, the thief and the paladin are, are near it and kind of trying to figure out what's going on. You, again, you're unfortunately found yourself on the ground with your saddle and get your foot out of the stirrup. They're over there, you know, maybe 50 feet away. What are you doing? Uh, how far does magic missile go uh, again? As far as you want. I'm going to say as long as you can see the target, you can cast a magic missile at okay. it. Okay. Magic missile uh, only goes 49 feet. So no. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, I'm going to dust myself off, frown at the saddle, aim my wand that I, has been glowing now for the last uh, six seconds, and uh, release the magic missile. Uh, now I need to roll. Let's see. I believe you do it need is... to cast a spell. So this yeah, is the first time spell. that the cast a spell if you wouldn't mind just read cast a spell so we can um see what it what that move does cast a spell says once i get to that page when you release a spell you prepared roll plus intelligence on a 10 plus the spell is successfully cast and you do not forget the spell you may cast it again later on a seven to nine the spell is cast but choose one of the following effects and of course probably six and below it doesn't whatsoever so we're, we're shooting I think on that one i still get to pick the fail yeah so you can hit uh guess. So roll plus intelligence plus two, right? uh yeah oops not minus <laughs> hold on what's going on oh okay i see what i'm doing here i don't know <laughs> all right i'm trying to figure that out there's there's plus and minuses there too so go oh, oh my gosh. god Randy with a super success. Um, in Dungeon World, technically there is no critical, neither is there a critical failure, but it is really cool when you roll both sixes, and it's really bad when you roll both ones. Uh, and I say that because pretty much your best bonus in the game is a plus three, so two ones just still doesn't even get you to six. And it's uh, almost always a failure. Now, two sixes is just about always a success because you don't have many things that give you a minus three. All yep. that said, because it's two sixes, I usually do something a little more. So, Randy, when you um, when you cast it, I'll give you the choice. You can either do all the damage without having to roll it, just maximum damage, or did you were you going for any specific effect by casting magic missile? Um, no real specific effect. I was kind of wanting to do some flavor text about it, though, with that max roll. I was going to say all the little missiles, for some reason, got kind of locked, and they all formed one giant magic missile <laughs> that nice. just plowed into it. And so I guess I'd take max damage, though. Uh, just Yeah, go for it. Do the, and, uh, uh, how much is that? Uh, magic missile is, I believe, 2d4. Let's see. Yeah, projectiles of pure magic spring from your fingers deals 2d4 damage to one target. <laughs> So in this case, that means it'll do the eight. Yeah. When the magic missile hits, um, what what's the energy like? Does it take a certain shape when it hits something? Does it like penetrate it? Does it splash against it? Are there little sparkles? I mean, what's it look like? 
uh, it just kind of strikes it and then just kind of, let's just say, makes like a firework boom, like, and just uh, then dissolves with some snaps. What, what color is that magical force? Uh, let's just uh, give it a goldish white. Okay. So the, the uh, like a pale gold, essentially, right? Yeah. So like this goldish bluish white. white swirly little missiles hit and then blow up into this goldy golden white uh, explosion with little snaps afterwards. And when that happens, it breaks the part of the ball that it hit. And at that moment, just a bunch of blood pours out of it. Oh, like God. this six foot round sphere had been sucking blood for a while. And you just broke it. Type O negative. <laughs> type, o negative. <laughs> type goblin positive. <laughs> Five more balls rise up because they sense the blood. <laughs> this is out of our element, boys. <laughs> Blade blood balls. Yes. <laughs> wow. So what? now what? Is this thing dead now? <laughs> we loot the body. Yeah, it has been it has been decommissioned would be the best way to put it. It is no longer active. I'd like to uh poke around the the head part and see if it mm -hmm. seems to be uh organic or if it seems to be electronically made or if it was like brought together by a spell of some sort. What is what was giving this thing life? It seems is definitely magical. Aside from that, we'd be spouting some lore. We know we, we kind of know it's magical already because I revealed earlier it was a magical construct with part of what you guys were doing. But if you want to know more about what what makes this thing tick or what made it tick, that would be a spout lore, I would say. From your does, perspective, Randy. Does detect magic do I'm trying to see it. One of your senses is briefly attuned to magic, it just tells you where there's magic at. Okay. I didn't know if it told me what type of magic or what was going on. So you know, in this case, what I would say is if you wanted to find out where the magic came from that powered this, if it was within range of your spell, you might be able to find it. And that kind of usage would work. But otherwise, this thing is magical, or, or maybe was. It was powered by magic. And blood. And, and blood, yeah. <laughs> it gathered that. So mm -hmm. while, you're, while you're taking the time to study it, the parts where the blood has leaked out start to turn to dust like the parts that Manfred had cut off. Okay. So when a part like dries up, essentially, there's no longer in contact with it. It starts to turn to dust. It's not as rapid as when the blades were cut, they touched the ground and poof, they were dust. This is a little more gradual. Okay. Um, so I guess so I could have just... limited time to study it. I guess I'll use uh, Spout Lore then just to see so if I can give you... What is your accumulated knowledge of? Is it about constructs or blood or metal or magic or all of the above? Construct, blood, metal, magic. <laughs> magic and construct is blood uh, metal is a new form of uh music for this realm yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they they were they were death metal and they're like we don't need to die let's just bleed let's do blood metal instead <laughs> yeah. duke is an avid listener usually chris's characters would wear blood metal <laughs> <laughs> i got time to bleed let's see Tell you something interesting, useful about the subject relevant to your situation. Uh, you get to roll plus intelligence, and I get to give you the info. So you're yeah. telling me where your knowledge comes from. Essentially, like, what book did you read it out of? What experience brought you here? Um, or like I said, it, maybe you studied 
uh, magical constructs once upon a time. Okay. Where, where are you drawing from for the information I'm going to give you? Okay, so in my gear, I am carrying a bag of books, which has five uses. So I assume that's five books. I don't know if that's for like spells or whatnot. But it's, uh, more, it's more of like when we say uses, um, it is you're pulling something out of it that is useful and it doesn't have to be a book. This is for me, it's kind of funny. Someone else came up with this example and I liked it. Um, let's use this situation as, as part of that example. Um, I just happen to have a brochure in here in my bag of books. There's a brochure from this construct company that wanted to build me a magical construct before. So it probably has some information about it. I pull out the brochure and use that as my plus one for spout lore. Okay. So I like to think that I got these uh, five different books that have different facts about different kinds of things like construct and blood and all that. And with, uh, let's just say, uh, folk, uh, um Feywild us uh, magic and necromancy and just one other uh i guess blood <laughs> and uh so i'm going to use uh, i'm going to roll for spout lore and i'm going to use one of the uses of the books on uh let's just say uh the the constructs and see what uh what uh, information i can okay. dig at and what happens with the usage is when I finally learn something, it disappears from the book because I learned Ooh. it. So I flip the book to go and see if there's anything that resembles sort of like the the way that this is well constructed. This construct mm -hmm. is, and uh, I find it, and it tells me that. What does it, it tell me? You. <laughs> yeah, it tells. So the the information the book gives you is based on this design. It needs to be powered by something, and from what your experience tells you as well as your remembrance of your conversation with Thomas um, th or with Fred about Thomas uh, that they, that when he said he was making uh, constructs, obviously he was trying to power them with something and he ended up powering them with blood. And the only way that they were going to operate is if they had a steady supply of blood. For whatever reason, that was something that worked for the constructs he made. Maybe it's because of the, the their intended purpose was to kill instead of just protect like originally. And uh, you get all this because of the 10 plus. I'm just going to give you a lot more exposition to help make this happen. Uh, and that, you know, if it runs out of fuel, it will deconstruct itself into whatever it was created from. And in this case, it's created from the dust. So the right amount of magic, dust, and blood can make this thing happen. I let my party know. <laughs> so uh, you I feel ain't... like at this point, Pat, you have an idea of a better way to dismantle one next time you encounter one. You get to decide what that is, but you you got a good idea that you probably don't need to hack at it with um, swords to make it die next time. Thomas asked if he could. He never asked if he should. Uh, yeah, I, I hope you're enjoying those books I stole from your night school. <laughs> hey, was that one by Victor Frankenstein? <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm telling you, you could have just held an intimidating look and a blade, and they would have given it to you. You gotta learn this one day. Use your <laughs> use your fear. You are a scary individual. Ain't that the truth? <laughs> me? I had to throw that in there somehow. Duke with his. You're scary because if someone lies to you, you pound them into the ground. I mean, Duke's got that mangled hand. That's pretty scary. And then we yeah. can use that dust to go and fill it full of blood and make a ball with blades. No, wait, that's Thomas. Sorry. So in the in the time that you spend kind of studying the thing and, and 
accumulating that info, it eventually decomposes uh, almost entirely. There's like a pool of blood on the ground with the little bits of metal in it, essentially. Mm. And once, once the metal is no longer touching the blood in some way, it will no longer be powered and it will also die off. Mm. So you're, you've now found at least what would appear to be the thing that is both killing and draining the blood from the goblins, how it's doing it magic, of course. So I'm going to go and put my saddle back on spot. Once I call them back over to me and uh, I'm going to go to like the, the, where they're getting water from and a few buckets and put some water into it. This will come in handy later. I'm pretty sure I know what's going on now. Okay. So there, there are, um, because the the goblin tribe uh, has had this village and this establishment for so long, they have both wells that you could get water from, and there are streams that run nearby, and you would pass at least one thing before I, you got towards the volcano. I put a bucket on both sides of each of their horses as well. Okay. If it gets close, splash it with this. I'm pretty sure that its real weakness is what it's made out of. So if the rest are made out of sand or dust, the water will separate it like it's still dust. Well, the goblins are just throwing water at them, but you never think of that. Nope. Also, um, that sounds he, strange, but pot, he, you know, he, I trust you completely. I, I heard that when uh, Fred was uh, having them watch outside, he never watched had them watch during a storm. So that's a good point they never made it to production because they had a few too many flaws and i guess one of them may have been that water affects them <laughs> cool yep i'm making sure i have this note because you're going to see at least one of these again i'm sure speculated theory is that if it's made out of uh, flesh then just cut it because well flesh can't survive a blade if it's made out of dust or sand or whatever go for some water I give it some um some cleaning fluid or something spray some clorox <laughs> at it whatever it's made out of cake get a fork oh yeah cake balls cake. <laughs> have you had blood cake yet everything's cake <laughs> red velvet cake that's what that is man crimson cloak cake yeah the so, uh so you guys you guys get through that area now so you're past blade ball you've killed blade ball and um the blade ball probably, that's the episode name right there <laughs> you've killed blade ball, blade the, ball. you reach pretty much what would be the center of the largest um conglomerate of buildings so it would have been most likely village central for the goblins uh practically streets on each side wide enough for small carts and what have you to get through at the center um, still stands a stone statue of a goblin, uh, life-size, so it's only about four feet tall. And it is, uh, does anybody read goblin? Or does anybody speak a different language? Now, this is something that's not on your character sheet. This is something that you would have to justify for your character. Yeah, I mean, with my minus one on the intelligence, I'm thinking, no. <laughs> I do not have a book on languages. That would have been the one next to the last one that Duke stole. <laughs> I know Goblin. There you go. So yeah. Duke, you can see the plaque um, on there. Uh, it's in Goblin. Roughly translated to the more common tongue would be um, this guy killed everyone. He was our first leader. Stand so up guy. This, <laughs> yeah, this statue is like he's the leader because he killed everyone kind of thing. And um, that is still, it's like the only thing 
standing completely. There are little bits of things here and there, like the the main well in the downtown area. Um, there are still some rocks and, and, and bricks and what have you. The covering of the well has been busted down, cut down. Mm. But this statue is the only thing like entirely intact. How does that strike you guys? Uh, it seems interesting that maybe even even though they're undead, they still have some shred of humanity or goblinity. They still remember their leader. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. Hmm. That is a very astute. Good one, Duke. <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> That's what you get for spending an eighth of a semester at the Wizard College. <laughs> Just long enough to steal some books <laughs> and then sell them to you. <laughs> yeah, I got the staff of light and stick of explosion from there, too. <laughs> yeah, I'm right. <clears throat> and did you say... Zeb, do you say the staff light is essentially a candle? Yeah, it's just a yeah. candle and a stick of dynamite. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like it. Okay. Um, so what mm. well, how's Manfred handling what's going on at this point? How's he feel about the ongoings of the, the day? Uh he wants to get this necromancer and stop him before this volcano goes off uncontrollably. Your video isn't moving, just so you know. Yeah, I Everything like froze up on me a little bit ago, but it's like I'm, I can see everybody now. Okay, you're moving a little. You're fuzzy now, pixelated, but you're there. Okay. Yeah, your camera is a potato and has been for like 10 minutes now, unfortunately. A potato? Yeah, like you filmed it on your potato. That's weird. You guys aren't that old. Come on, you haven't heard that reference before? No, no. Zeb knows what I'm talking about. Yo, <laughs> damn it. I'm, I'm that old, apparently, for sure. I have no idea what's going Because potatoes are something I eat. Preferably mm, cut yeah. and fried. Yeah, that sounds great. <laughs> it's, the, it's the same as the saying, like, what you, your first computer was a rock kind of thing. Like, pretty much. Oh, that's true. Don't Mine apple. was. Yeah. I was or, coding uh, in chisel at the time. An yeah. Old bad car is a lemon. Well, if you buy it, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> all um, food aside, we, no, don't do that. But we have. Uh, so you guys are, are half of the way, let's say, from the time you first encountered uh, remnants of goblin civilization. You're half the way towards the uh, the volcano. Now you are at the base of the volcano. From here, the goblin um, uh, conglomerate of buildings, what have you, it starts to go up the side of the volcano. So right at the base is really the main center area of what was the the goblin establishment as you go farther towards the volcano again it starts to go up and the ground is getting warmer you can actually feel some warmth uh it's nice it's not like hot and unpleasant but it, it's a there's a warmth that you know that you're next to an active volcano uh what are you guys doing next um i'm still you know checking buildings every once and uh, every so often trying to see if there's anything else is the extent of the damage the same as it was on the outskirts that's a good question what i'd like you to do is let's give another discern reality roll please all right let's do it what is that roll based on plus of? wisdom wisdom all right yeah basic move roll plus wisdom discern realities and let's see what you get a seven. seven so um you get to ask one question again, uh, and you will get new information, kind of like you did last time. Even though it was based on something you already knew, you'll have new information. <laughs> Can I follow him and use the tech magic in the rooms that uh, he enters? 
Definitely. You said it's a cantrip for you too. The thing is yeah. though, Randy, each time you want to use it to effect, it is a role to cast a spell. Even though it's a cantrip, you still have to cast the spell. Because okay. you're tapping into the magical energies. You you have a chance of disturbing them each time you do it. Okay. I I ask uh, what here is useful or valuable to me? All right. And Randy, do you want Pat to at least cast it once? Because I can kind of combine these things if uh, if you want to do that. Uh, yeah, I can. Uh, you want me to cast that first, you said? Yeah, go ahead and cast it. And depending on your role, it will help me determine how to answer Zeb's question uh, for Duke about what was it? What's not what appears to be? No, what is uh, what is useful or valuable? A useful or valuable, sorry. Yep. Okay. Uh, so with a plus two, right, it's 11 for the detect magic. Oh, okay. So what's happening is Duke is looking through one of these um, uh, huts that's just been slashed up, not one of the burned ones. One of the ones that's been slashed up. You're kind of looking through it. And Pat, you see... Just as Duke is kind of, you know, poking through Savannah, do what, what would Duke be doing here? Like poking at it with a dagger, or a sword, like, or is he yeah, like putting his hands right and stuff? Be moving stuff around my boot. Okay, so as he's kicking stuff around, um, Pat, you see one of the things that he kicks from the ground is just glowing with magical energy, and it rolls over to the side. And when you see that happen, uh. Zeb, what Duke notices is the thing you just kicked to the side that looked like it was maybe a broken table leg rolls back over to your foot and wraps itself around your ankle. And ah! <laughs> Pat sees this and Pat, you, you're like, that's that magic right there. That, that's, that's if you couldn't tell, it's, it, it, it's not a snake. It's, it's magical. Yeah, I, I lost the voice for a second. <laughs> I stumble, I stumble and I fall onto my back out, out of the tent and I'm punching it. Over and over again, trying okay. to get it off of me. Okay, so I'm um, going to take a closer look. It doesn't have a particularly hard grasp. It would be definitely something, uh, especially the way you described it, something that definitely surprised you, unexpected. Yeah, you found it, and when you're hitting it, it feels almost like, uh, for for lack of a better reference, like punching a mouse pad. You know that like neoprene rubber kind of feel. It has that feel like maybe you're hitting a sausage in a wetsuit <laughs> you know I, I scream for pat like he's my dad i'm like pat <laughs> I'm, I'm right here i'm looking at it yeah, so, so I, I go to like see what it is like looking investigating first with my eyes but then slowly move my hands towards it and like trying to figure out what it is can i try to like help uh uh duke get it off i'm like trying to pry my sword in there or something or um if <laughs> If Duke, it, uh, so Zeb, is Duke actually trying to pry it off? Yeah, well, I was punching at it. I'm trying to get it off. Well, head. that's the thing. If you're just yeah. hitting it, then it's going to stay there and stay hit. But if you're actually trying to pry it, it doesn't take too much effort to do that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that let's, let's Pat say, while, you're to... hitting it, while you're hitting it, Manfred comes up with his sword. And Manfred, as soon as you get the sword under the edge, it just moves almost easily. It's mm -hmm. like a loose clamp, so to speak. It just made me think of that. Like, let me try and get it out with this other <laughs> knife. <laughs> uh, and uh so pat you you go look at it and your examination of it is gonna uh, i'm going to trigger a spout lore on here because you're gonna have some knowledge about this type of thing and it's gonna be you know magical based knowledge okay 
So uh, I don't need you to tell me what the knowledge is at this point, because this is the way I'm going to play it for this one. But I do want you to roll for a spout lore plus intelligence. Uh, I'd prefer if you don't put blades near my hands anymore, please. While I'm trying to <laughs> remove something. <coughs> Hot dice today. Ten. Nice, Randy. That's a that's a full-on success. So what you know about this, and you'll tell me how you know it. Uh, this is a familiar to a magician. This is a a conduit for magical energies that is controlled by a, a, a magical creature. Hmm. So what shape has it taken? Uh, just like a snake or? It looked like, based on what you could tell with your detect magic, it actually looked like a broken table leg when you saw Duke kick it. And then it just kind of morphed into a tube. Um, you know what I'm th I've got in my head right now because this is going to work. Pool noodle. It's a flexible <laughs> pool noodle. Okay, uh, it, it's alive, and because that that would be the texture of it too, the way I was describing it. So it's like a a pool noodle, but maybe half length of a regular pool noodle. That is the shape it is currently in. But it was a table leg, so it can clearly shift shape at least a little. Hmm. Yes, um, it's it's a bit uh, like it's a familiar. Uh, are you familiar with that? <laughs> And I think between you guys, it's up to you, Zeb, Chris, if you if you are familiar with the concept, it's up to you if your character is or isn't and play it however you want. I would like to ask what here is evil. <laughs> okay. Um, are you going to do it in the name of truth or anything like that? I'm just curious. I'd like, yeah, totally. I want to like? know the truth of this thing. Is it evil? Okay. Um, when you do that, uh, I've, I've got to answer you honestly, so I'm going to answer you with more detail than I should because i got to answer you honestly. It's evil, but it doesn't want to be. Uh, I sense it's this like, thing it's does not Jessica like Jessica Rabbit. It's just drawn that way. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> right. I don't like you, Dad. I'm, I want to do my own thing. <laughs> so it's like, uh, let, let's, uh, again, I'll give you more exposition because Pat had the great role. Uh, Manfred just gets to ask this because that's the paladin. It was created by something evil and forced to serve evil, but never wanted to. As once, as soon as it was created, it realized this wasn't, this isn't good, but it couldn't do anything about it. And now its master is gone. Pot, we must free this wretched, corrupted creature from its master. Um. Did keep it, slipping into pots. <laughs> would, would, I, would I know whether or not uh, it can have a new master or if it's simply because of the magic that it's made out of, it's kind of stuck? As Does does Pat know about these kind of things? <laughs> Bear with me a second. I'm going to pull out one of my books on <laughs> magic and look up the familiar section and read that it says... Uh, so now the, the... I think you know this already, but the whole point of the book is just to get a bonus on your roll. Yeah. Right. You that that's why it's used up because you get a, a bonus on the roll. So you can do it without that, of course, and not use up the book or use it. But I just want to make sure you got that. Yeah. He wants to get that uh, fifteen roll. That's what he's looking for. <laughs> what would you like? What would like me to add to the uh, to the standard roll uh, intelligence or uh, is well, this another is spout, spout lore? lore? Spout okay. lore is intelligence. This is going to be a spout lore roll. Okay. And so using the book is a uh, plus one as or the I'm book itself. Sure is... That's what it says, right? Um, bag of books. Um, not to go back to that. Hold on. Um, 
Okay, I got to go down to the wizard again. Sorry, guys. Bear with me. Okay, it says bag of books, five uses, two weight, and then you can choose uh, three healing potions. I go with that as well. Uh, so it doesn't say in the gear. It just says bag of books, five uses. Um, you know what? That was on my other sheet. So the way we're going to treat it is whenever you use one of those books, the or one of those uses, it's a plus one to your spout lore. Okay. So I'm pretty I'm, sure I have that in one of these. Then I'm plus three for the roll then. So I'll go for it. That's a terrible roll. Seven just made it. <laughs> Glad I used the book. Okay. So as far as what you know here, let me just see, do I have that book? All right, I'm not going to bother. I'll look after. Um, the This familiar is no longer attached to a, a magic user. So it is kind of on its own and is lost and doesn't know what to do. <laughs> Manfred, remember when that puppy followed you home? That I will, I will <laughs> use my lay hands on it. This is a this uh, wretched soul is in need, and I must help them. It's okay. Um, read out uh, lay hands, lay on hands. I should say yes, lay on hands. <laughs> lay hands. When you touch someone, skin to skin, and pray for their well-being. Roll charisma plus on a 10 plus, you heal 1d8 damage or remove a disease. And a 7 to 9, they're healed, but then the damage or disease is transferred to me. This could be fun. <laughs> the adherence to an evil uh, magician may transfer to you. <laughs> it's cool. Duke, you ready for the real boss fight? Does anyone want to help me? What do you want to help me out here? <laughs> uh, let's see. Um, yeah, y'all definitely welcome to attempt to aid. P yeah. Presuming you don't want to interfere, so I don't have aid. I mean, technically, a pot could you know he could help me out with like, hey, it's this kind of thing. Maybe talk yeah. to it this way. I, could, I mean, he's the one that's feeding you some of the information. Yeah, my voice transcends all language. Yeah, yeah. so I, I I will definitely uh, aid. <laughs> Make um, it so. Trying to see, I keep on losing everything. Basic moves. Where is so aid? Have, there it you is. You have one bond, if I remember right. You have yes, one bond. One with, bond. Um, and uh, because this was our first session, I'm going to keep with that initial freebie. So you're going to get a the initial freebie plus the one bond. So you'll have a plus two to your roll. Okay. So plus two then. Okay. Thank you, buddy. Yeah. Because if we had more time to establish characters ahead of time, you could have just made two bonds with that. So person. nine. So not a 10, but still successful. Hey, that gives me the plus. That gives me the plus one, right? Exactly. It gives the plus one the, um, the plus three now. Let's see if I can pull it off for yeah. uh... the only downside there is on a seven to nine. Um, yeah. Pat is now exposed to a possible danger. And we'll <laughs> see how that works out based on the role here. Yeah. <gasps> nice. I'm sorry nice. I'm not helping, guys. I'm just scared of that thing and crawled up. <laughs> <laughs> it's still wrapped around your leg. It's, it's just not problem. causing any damage. Well, I, know. I, got it off. I got it off with my sword already. <laughs> you were not expecting anything alive here, especially anything to grab your legs. <laughs> it's understandable. Right, 11. So when you lay on hands, um, what happens? Well, what, what were the words you wanted to use again? Just a, a curiosity. See if I can play into it. Uh, free it from show, show, seek your truth. Nice. Okay. Um, the thing is the color of a dark wood, like a, a cherry wood or something like that. And as soon as you lay your hands on it, it lightens to like a pale 
oak, maybe um, a, a much lighter thing. And you get the, you immediately get the impression that if nothing else that you shifted it out of evil alignment. So uh -huh. your laying on hands has stopped this thing from any evil tendencies that it had. And it, uh, on its own, it kind of reassembles into what looks like, um, uh, again, think the, the total volume is about half the size of a pool noodle. <laughs> so mm -hmm. the thing can rearrange itself into maybe like a small chihuahua sized thing. And that's what I'm thinking of. It's a small four legged thing, uh, but it doesn't have a head. It just has like two eyes on one side and it, it's just sitting there looking lost and like a lost little puppy. Show us the way to the necromancer's lair. And it, it understands you. Yeah. Right? Language, yeah. Um, as soon as you say that, it turns and points towards the end of the episode. All right. Oh. Right on <laughs> towards the volcano, um, which leads us towards there. And what I do want to do here is let's take a couple of minutes and go through the end of session, just so we can cover that rule that I had mentioned earlier. And the way this one works is I'll read it out. It's uh, when you reach the end of a session. And in this case, session really does mean what I'm talking about here. We got together today at the end of that get together, the session, we go through this. Uh, but you choose one of your bonds that you feel is either resolved, uh, completely explored, no longer relevant, or otherwise. And you talk to the other player. And <laughs> kind of like that, Randy. But <laughs> what I was thinking was the legs were at the end. So, like, the legs would be at the end of the cylinder. Because oh. I didn't want it to appear to have a head. And that almost makes it look like that. That's but, true. Yeah. Uh, but so, in this case, if you have a bond that we established earlier... Uh, and you feel like you've acted on that and it isn't something you would act on again, then we can, we can call that um, done and mark an experience for it. And then after we go through the bonds, uh, we have a couple other things to do. So let's start with that one. Does anyone feel like, I know it's only been an hour since we talked about bonds, but did anybody feel like they went, uh, they, they went through with something that they had written down? Yeah. I thought the whole water on the horses thing was kind of crazy, but I'm like, your pot, and I trust you completely. You know, yeah. I'll follow your play. So that one for me, that one is true. Um, we just need to make sure that when you see one of these things, you're throwing water at it. Oh yeah, totally. Oh yeah, right? yep, yeah, yeah, totally. Cool. So yeah, go ahead and, and mark that one off and mark an experience for that. Uh, Randy, Zeb, anything? I feel like uh, I tried twice now uh, during the flashback and uh, recently about. Uh, trying to tell uh, Duke that he needs to try to use his intimidation more than just thievery, and uh, he'll achieve either the same goal or possibly even better results. Uh, I feel like uh, I don't know if that exactly meets because he hasn't tried to do it himself yet, but uh, I have instructed him twice now. <laughs> so here's where I'll play into that a little with, with some explanation of what i think it means when it talks about it being resolved whether it be completely explored no longer relevant otherwise so first off zeb it would be my first question would be do you think duke is going to take any of that advice mm, uh not yet okay and <laughs> then say he hasn't taken any of that advice yet pat <laughs> would you keep giving him that advice or are you giving up uh, probably continue just to, to let him know that uh, okay. it's there's different like 
Okay, you just continue trying to tell him. We don't have to go all the way into that, but yeah. And, you and just continue telling For me then, then we're not marking that one off yet because it's continuing. Okay. You want to keep exploring that. If it was like, if Duke is already going to be like, no, I'm never going to try that. Then we would say that may be resolved and pick a, you know, write up a new bond to go with that. Okay. I could see it uh, happening in the future, but just yeah. not yet. <laughs> so what about Duke? Anything on the, the bonds that you think might be nope. resolved? Uh, no, one, uh, no one knows what I... Stole. I haven't given. I haven't had any indication that. Uh, nothing yet. Yeah, nothing okay. yet, and uh, uh, it hasn't come out yet. The incriminating details. Hey, Frederick. I still so can't now... find my family heirloom. I don't know where I'm missing this place. Yeah, I don't know either. <laughs> I don't know either. I know but something you know. incriminating that you'll find as well incriminating. He wipes his nose with. We'll solve this all at once. And... Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and say that it's a it's a powerful heirloom. Uh, of truth and it just hasn't come in it, he, he just hasn't needed it yet manfred just hasn't needed it yet so he hasn't noticed that it's gone nice so the next thing we look at is alignment one of the reasons i wanted to cover it earlier does anyone feel like they had an action or did something in alignment with their alignment to the point that you would say like i exemplified neutrality because i blank you right something like that would uh, mm -hmm. discover something about a magical mystery kind of relate to the constructs that uh, I found out? Do you think it's mysterious enough? I think it's quite mysterious how they were made and why they what what they're made and powered by, and I, it and does. Yes, seem, yes. The for for the wizard, he has fulfilled his alignment this time. Hey, my and only experience one thing point. I will also say about alignment: if you can come up with another single statement just like what's on your alignment now if you can come up with another single statement that you think fits it that you would rather uh, strive for like maybe you don't want to do the um infiltrating kind of thing and you just want the neutral to be something else uh for the thief do that you know it, but just let me know what it is so we can agree on it and move there too because sometimes what's in there just never really plays out but we do review alignment at the end of each session. So it's worthwhile to at least have something there that you think you'll play against or, or play on. Um, the next thing is we answer these three questions. First question is going to be a yes, because it's our first session. Did we learn something new and important about the world? Yes, it exists. That's new and important. So we always get one experience on the first session for that, but every session after we want to be learning new and important things about our world. So it's, that's of the, the first of the three questions we ask. Then, did we overcome a notable monster or enemy? Yes. Yeah, I'd yeah, say so. Hopefully, yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think, if nothing else, Mr. Uh, Blood Ball Metal is uh, definitely notable. Something new to everybody. So definitely mark an experience for that. And then the last one, did we loot a memorable treasure? I think so. Yeah, in a way, I would agree to that too. We found. What do you think it is? The pool noodle. Yeah, the yes. pool noodle. <laughs> okay, then I'm. Then I will agree with that too. Yes, I didn't know if you were going to go anywhere else with it. I just wanted to see what you were saying first. Like we found the red robe. I'm like, no, that's not a memorable treasure. <laughs> well, it might be. This is. These are all things that we agree on, right? That's why I'm asking them this way as well. Cool. So anybody who had, I don't think anybody rolled a, an actual failure. So nobody got experience from a failure this time, but I think everybody should at least have three, if not four or five experience marked. Yeah, I got four. 
And that's something to keep an eye on, mainly because at our ne- at the end of our next session, folks might actually have the experience to do the level up move, which is your current level plus seven. So you're going to need eight experience to get to level two. So you might be more than halfway there now if you've got a bunch tonight, but you at least have three or four. And um, that'll get you most of the way there uh, based on if there are any failures in our next session. So that gets us through the first session of our Dungeon World adventure. Uh, Smoky Top is, I think, going to be the theme. <laughs> so for the, the next one, I'll, I'll use Smoky Top in the name. And that's where we will pick up next time. Whew. Any other thoughts right. before we wrap this one up? Mm, no. No, yeah, I'm good. That's good. Yeah, good. good. Um, I will say anybody who marked off a bond, think about the next bond. You should not have the same bond twice. Just think about something new, either just another one of the blanks that's on the character sheet or look through all the other character sheets. It doesn't even need to be the bond oh, yeah, that yeah. is on yours. <laughs> and you can just plan. make it up, right? <laughs> yeah. You can make it like um, uh, the, you could, somebody could make a bond that said something like, um, I saw Pat kill the, the ball with the magic missile. The next time I'm going to tell him not to do it because we might want the thing alive. You know, something like that could be a new bond. And then you're just waiting for the next time that Pat's going to cast something at something that's dying and try to stop him. And then that would be that bond for them. So think of things like that, that run session to session based on the things that we're learning about each of the characters. Um, can the pool noodle be uh, a, a friend that we could have bond with? What I want to do is pick up the next session learning more about pool noodle. Okay. And by the way, I'm, the, the name I'm going to give it is going to have to have something to do with pool noodle. Now I'm going to, probably look it up in a few different languages and see if I can find something fun with that. <laughs> um, yeah, it, I would say definitely moving forward, but not yet because we don't know enough about it yet. In my opinion, at least you don't know, you don't know enough to be for it to be a friend, All you right. know, enough to, that it's probably not going to hurt you. <laughs> well, at least not going to hurt me. It's not going to hurt me. Not at all. Nobody, nobody else. All right, guys, then we wrap this one up. And for now we can say, uh, uh, bye. Bye bye. The preceding podcast was brought to you by One Joe Young. You can find us online at adventuresfromtheshed.com. Oh, Smoky Top, you'll always be a home sweet. Oh, you guys know that used to be a college there before the goblins killed them all, right? <laughs> okay. That is quite the spout lore on that one. (laughs) (laughs) Roll for it!